are. We're almost to the troll encampment. Oh, good. Maybe they can help us with our child's unexpected onset of magical powers. I hope so. Please, please, wake up. Huh? Can you help us? Huh? Huh? Oh, no, that doesn't look good. That child's been struck by magic. Yeah, powerful magic. We don't know what to do. Oh, she's going to go through many changes. Many changes, and you're going to have to change how they live from this point on. Oh, no. What do you mean? Well, for starters, it looks like you have two daughters. We do, yes. Well, the first thing you have to do is shut them in isolation. Wait, what? Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say send one into exile. Well, in a sense, yes. Close close that one in her room. Oh. Don't ever let her out. And then let the other one roam the halls, but never leave the house. But couldn't that create a future problem where one of them is maladjusted and the other one is deeply lonely? And it might create a miscommunication that could end up being traumatic for both of them? It sounds like they would be starved for love. Yes, exactly. And it's funny you mention that. Because that one, uh, as a result, will likely fall in love with the first non-relative attractive person they meet. Oh, well, true love is another form of magic. Maybe it would help cure her. I didn't say true love. I didn't say the first one would be true love. <laughs> Don't put those words in my mouth. I didn't say that. Oh, I see. Well, like, at least we'll be around to protect her from any mistakes like this. That's right. We'll always be there for our daughters. Ah, uh, yes. Then you, uh, then I'm sure you've started singing. What do you mean? Singing? I don't get it. Well, a result of uh, these abilities is everyone who will be in their lives for a very long time is going to feel the compulsion to sing. I don't feel like singing. What about you, honey? I've never felt it. I wouldn't make any long-term plans. W wait, what? <laughs> Lamal. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy fans and welcome to swords and satire the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art i'm your dungeon manager jamie Molkel, here with my magical co-hosts magical indeed i'm chelsea hollowell a sentient block of ice that was carved up into little pieces by oh these my god tiny primates and then shipped all over the world to keep people's groceries frozen. Oh, well, at least you get to see the sights. Inside people's ice boxes, yeah. So they didn't, like, put you in any drinks? Like, in glasses where you could see the world outside? <laughs> <laughs> Once my, you know, consciousness gets fractured too much, it's it's hard to keep it in check. Relatable. <laughs> Very cool. Ice is really neat. <laughs> but it, It's smooth. It's smooth. It's cool. It's frozen. Yes. <laughs> Turns out I'm ice also. What? I'm Jack Olander, 
And I'm the dreadful blood glacier of Antarctica. Oh, God. <laughs> the waters of the blood glacier flow from the afterlife. Wow. How, how much blood is in the blood glacier? As much as there needs to be. A limitless amount of blood. Keep warming the earth, primates, and you'll find what lies below. I'm really glad we're making this a family-friendly episode. It's a frozen. That's right. It's a frozen. Guys, we should probably talk about the movie we're going to be discussing this week. But first, I just want to give a shout out to our amazing patrons. They're awesome. And we love them. We love them so much. And if you want our undying love, too, why, you can head to patreon.com slash swords and satire and sign up to give a monthly pledge to us to support the show. But you don't just have to do it for the kindness of your heart. Oh, no. You also get bonus episodes. That's right. Every tier gets access to some cool perks like... Voting on the movies that we watch each month. There's also our zany and creative rewriting histories, where we do a reboot, rewrite, or sequel to some of the movies we watch. Yeah, it's our version of a movie pitch, and they're a lot of fun. They are. <laughs> now go. <laughs> so go, do it, now, now. This isn't annoying at all. <laughs> 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 but guys, we've held off long enough. Let's talk about Disney's Frozen. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. It's a Frozen. So Frozen was released in 2013. It was directed by Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee. Jennifer Lee was the first female director of a Disney Studios animated feature. I do think that's really cool, but I'm also sad that that didn't happen until 2013. That's completely fair. <laughs> like, great for her. Yeah. Too bad for 80 years of Disney animated films. Yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> but alas, it was not to be. But the movie stars Kristen Bell, Adina Menzel, Jonathan Groff, Josh Gad, and Santino Fantana. But the film also stars one of our favorite actors, Alan Tudyk. Oh, yes. In a very zany role. I don't even remember the character's name. He was he's... The Duke of Weaseltown. Oh, yeah. Weaselton, please. <laughs> Weaselton. Weaselton. <laughs> He's just popping off the entire time. And God bless him for it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've got so much to say about this movie. We should probably start with a little summary that Chelsea has ready to go. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Okay, so we're in the kingdom of Arendelle, right? We are? Yeah. Burr. <laughs> yeah, and no wonder it's so cold. Actually, it's summer. Uh, warm noises. Ooh. Um, tropical sounds. No, let's not go that far. So, basically, there's this royal family. Boo! I didn't vote for them. <laughs> there's mother, father, and then mm -hmm. Elsa and Anna. 
That makes sense, yeah. Uh, can we change that family dynamic a little bit? Yeah? A little too many uh, parents in that role. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a minute. This uh, is a Disney film. Elsa has magic powers. Sweet. Unexplained magic powers, but she was born with them, so it's not a curse. That's the best kind. Yeah. That's all we need to know, apparently. This kid's got all the magic. That's all we need to know. True. So when their kids, Elsa accidentally hurts Anna, you know, by shooting her with ice powers. Yeah. I mean, all of our siblings did this to us too, right? I mean, I just had a rock thrown at my head. Me too. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> oh, God. So, they... Who do they go to get help from? Anna's the trolls, parents? obviously. Right. <laughs> you don't even have to think about that one. No hesitation. Involved. Exactly. I knew. I knew the answer immediately. Whenever I have any problem, I just go onto the internet and I look for some trolls to help me solve it. Most people's <laughs> reality in Arendelle is low to no magic setting, but when it comes to everything else, it's very high magic setting. <laughs> So the trolls basically tell Anna's parents that, oh, she was hitting the brain. That's easy. The brain can change its mind. If she's hitting the heart, it's hard for the heart to change its mind. Great lesson for kids. Head trauma is okay, but heart trauma is fatal. Right. As we all know. The trolls help to heal Anna or Anna. Do they? Don't remember how. <laughs> they mind wipe Anna. That's right. They make her forget about Elsa's magic powers. Great way to teach a kid to be more careful. Just make them forget the thing that happened. They tell Elsa and her parents that she has to get control of her powers or they could overwhelm her. They take that super hard and they just sequester Elsa in her room her whole life. I mean, it's really good if a child has, like, say, some kind of unexplained or unacceptable thing about themselves. It's really a good idea to tell them to hide that from the world, right? Yeah, and not to feel anything. Exactly. Right, right. That's the answer there. And then Good uh, parenting, no notes. <laughs> Despite being model parents, they die <laughs> eventually in a in a storm at sea. I hate when that happens. <laughs> and then um they have no other family, so Anna and Elsa are just raised by their servants. I was gonna say, why do you need family when you have a castle full of subordinates? <laughs> I, yeah, they're sort of old enough to take care of themselves, but they don't know how to feed themselves or live. So I guess it's the servants. Especially Elsa, since she can't leave her room. Well, it happens yeah. like when they're probably like late teenagers. Yeah. They're alone for three years, and then it's time for Elsa's coronation. Interesting choice to make the sequestered one into the queen. I guess it's just a hereditary bloodline. What are you going to do? Yeah. And nobody revolts about it or anything. They just all, all the peasants accept this. No, these dumb fucking peasants think that they're like under a benevolent dictatorship, basically. Oh my God. If they're so benevolent, why did the storm kill them, huh? Yeah. Right. And we all know that Elsa has powers over the weather. So what really happened there? <laughs> oh my God. I never thought about that. <laughs> I guess she mostly has powers of ice, though. She can create storms. Because if you melt down ice, you get water. 
She can create snowstorms. We know this. Hmm. She's very can. suspicious that, yes, now I'm beginning to see a little plot yeah. developing. Maybe yeah. Elsa's not the good guy after all. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this whole nobility thing just isn't going to work out and we need a new system. So during the coronation, Anna, or the party afterwards, like, she meets a dude named Hans and falls in love with him and then wants to marry him the same day. He's a real classic Prince Charming type who's going to be, like, a beloved character throughout the entire movie. Elsa's been just as sequestered as her sister, but at least she has some sense. And she tells her, you can't marry a dude you just met today, Anna. Like Anna does not understand this concept. Not one bit. So she pushes Elsa's buttons. Elsa accidentally explodes in front of everyone. <laughs> like with her powers. In ice. Right. Ice explodes. She's mortified, runs into the mountains and creates an ice palace, like you do. And she sings a hit song. Let it snow. Billion dollar song. <laughs> Let it snow. <laughs> they really missed the best opportunity with the movie from that. <laughs> they really could have easily had Olaf sing that as a cameo. Just a little bit. So Elsa's isolated in her ice palace. Isolated? Yeah. Oh. And uh, she actually feels pretty happy. She makes a dress and shoes out of ice, and she feels like she can really be herself. She also creates life. It's true, but she doesn't even remember doing it. <laughs> this is how powerful this woman is. Uh, so the rest of the movie, Anna is trying to find her sister and convince her to come back home because Arendelle's been put into an endless winter. On oh, that sounds nice. And uh, it's a bitterly cold winter, too. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really nice. She meets Kristoff along the way, along with his reindeer, Sven. And together they traipse up the mountainside and find Elsa. She doesn't want to come back with them. And she hurts Anna on accident again, but hits her in the heart this time. Oh no, that's uh, probably going to be a bad thing, right? Yeah, so they have to leave so she can get help. And uh, she makes it back to the castle at Arendelle. Hans, her. Former fiance? Her fiance says that he's going to help her out, and they take Elsa hostage. Yes, and possibly the most, like, both telegraphed and also completely out of left turn twists of all time. Yeah, because, like, they had led a they He had led a hunting party to go get Anna back, and they ended up taking Elsa captive. Well, I mean, his plot is like, it's so obvious that when we meet the character that he's not going to be what he seems to be. But the turn is so completely not telegraphed by his actual behavior. Yeah, he's acting like a benevolent prince the entire time. help Actually helping the people, getting out in the streets, handing out blankets. And then when... Anna comes back home, and he's like, ha, 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 I'm not your true love. I will let you die and take your place. It's like, what's going on here? This doesn't maybe make he any was, sense. Maybe he was replaced by an ice Queen. double. <laughs> I heard that people show their affection by teasing each other sometimes. Oh. Maybe it's a joke. Yeah. So taking over the kingdom was just a little prank that Hans was pulling on his fiance? Uh, perhaps. So, Elsa escapes from prison. Hans wants to try to kill her. Anna and Kristoff realize they're the ones that are actually in love. 
they try to meet on this lake of ice that Elsa has created out of their former harbor. And before Kristoff can get to Anna and give her true love's kiss, because this is a Disney film, mm-hmm. and, and that will heal her, she goes and stops Hans from striking Elsa down dead and becomes ice. Ooh, brutal. But then Elsa is saddened and kisses her sister, and that thaws her out because that's true love between sisters. But wouldn't it have been funny, though, if, like, Elsa's uh, mouth got stuck on Anna because she was a block of ice? It would, but she doesn't mind the cold. (laughs) She's also only happy when it rains. Mm. (laughs) The day is saved. All the diplomats and Ator the fighting eagle are clapping. Yep. Uh... Peace is restored to the kingdom. Anna and Kristoff get married. Elsa's got control of her powers because she realizes the key is love. And the monarchy is preserved. Yay. Happy ending. Game over. (laughs) Until the sequel. (laughs) Game over, man. The fuck are we going to do now? (laughs) We're going to head into the delve. Welcome to the Delve, where we venture deep into the themes, scenes, and lore of Frozen. So guys, I've got a really big question. With all this going on, all of this in the world of Arendelle, where is Sora? That's right, because this movie (laughs) is a Kingdom Hearts movie. It is. It's connected to everything through Mickey Mouse. That's right. And as Jack pointed out, Rapunzel from Frozen, uh, from Tangled is in the beginning of this movie. That's right. She's going to the coronation. That's right. She's in a couple frames, but she and Eugene, they're here. <laughs> but yeah, so if King Mickey is around, that means Sora could have been on hand to help save the day. Didn't even show his lazy face. <laughs> and that's my gripe with this movie. And every other Disney movie. You know how mind-breaking it would have been to see Sora, Goofy, and Donald just standing with the diplomats in the background? Oh my god, I wonder if they were there and we just missed them. What would their outfits be in this world, though? I guess it would just be, like, kind of Nordic, like, furry hats and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. All I'm saying is, I want it to happen. Disney, make it happen. I don't know if um, Frozen's in Kingdom Hearts 3, it might be. This movie made a billion dollars. It probably is. Yeah. I was just picturing Goofy going, wow, the queen has ice powers and Tunnel just going like, <laughs> just I can shoot ice. <laughs> what the fuck is he saying, Goofy? <laughs> and then the Duke of Wesselton understands. He just starts speaking it back. Amazing. Because his dance moves are the peak. He does the peacock, you might remember. True. Yeah. yeah. So you're saying he's already got an avian sensibility they to him? speak bird. His nose looks very beak-like. Yes. <laughs> but aside from that most important part of the film. Yeah. I just wanted to get that out of the way early on, just establish it. Yeah. I also have a question for you guys. Okay, let's hear it. How the fuck is Olaf alive? 
I'm glad you asked. So the answer, of course, is magic. And by the way, that's the sentient snowman. Yes. He's a goofy little snowball that likes warmth, but he's made out of snow, which melts into water. Do you want to build a snowman? Do you want to give sentient life to a bunch of frozen water? Yes. How did she make him without knowing about it? So effectively, what we can glean from this is that Elsa is probably the most powerful being in any of the movies we've ever covered she's a ever. fucking goddess dude yeah she is yeah i mean much like athena broke out of zeus's head or how odin crafted humans from some crap he found on the beach <laughs> elsa can take it's a tree <laughs> that's, a, that's what that is <laughs> elsa can turn snow into life with not only speech and feelings and hopes and dreams, but knowledge. Like, the concept of language is already imparted in Olaf. He fucking remembers being built by them when they were kids. He mentions it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So she feels like her magic can latently fill in a backstory, or like, I guess a backstory, or like an understanding of one's own conception? Yeah. Andy knows about Summer. Yes, that's right. He knows the existence of Summer. He fantasizes that about... That was one of my other questions. How does he know about Summer? <laughs> he fantasizes about being in the sun on a warm beach. He has tremendous knowledge of things that physiologically he cannot experience. I know. And at one point, Anna gives him a carrot nose. Yes. And... uh Shoves it through his skull, like how we, how we all got our noses. I know. And he's totally cool with that. Um, Hyped, really. He's super excited. He can smell through it later in the movie. So that <laughs> tracks, actually, because also uh, he has sticks for arms that he can use like arms. Yeah. He has coal buttons. Yeah. And what are where did his eyes come from? He has eyes. That's true. They're not coal, right? They're just eyes. They're just eyes. How'd Elsa get those? <laughs> I didn't fucking think about how they're not coal. They're just eyes. That's worse. I, I, is it? Would it be worse that he has eyes, or would it be worse if he had coal for eyes that he could see through? He can smell without... through a carrot. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, sure. He can control his stick arms without being attached to them. That's right. He and can even control the segment, or he actually he can't control the segments of his body, but he's aware of them. They're yeah. autonomous, somewhat. Yeah, like when he's separated from his butt and abs, I guess. <laughs> like they can move independently. Yeah, they can. But also, how are the sticks alive? The sticks aren't ice, and Elsa thinks her powers are ice, and oh they're, so they're also sticks and carrots and eyes. Those are also her powers. All right, guys. So I'm going to propose a new segment on the show where we rate the power level of characters from the movies we watch. But Elsa is going to be like the top level character. She is the Thanos of this world. She has to be the villain of something. (laughs) I think she's the villain of this movie in a way. All right. Hear this. If you melt down ice, you get water. Okay. Human beings are mostly water. 
Yes. Fuck. Uh, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Elsa can freeze the blood in our veins. Yes. She can create a palace, kind of just through her own imagination, out of ice. Oh, yeah. And she can give life to inanimate objects. That's right. And She doesn't just turn water into ice. She creates ice and yeah. snow. Now, I'm also pretty sure that Disney just ran with this concept when they made WandaVision. Because Wanda's kind of like latent ability to control and give life to things really reminded me of this film. And it all springs out of her heart center. Yeah. That's right. I'd like to touch real quick upon that ice castle you mentioned. Yeah, please do. So there are are two instances of Elsa making architecture. Okay. Out of ice. During her song, uh, Let It Go. Yeah. Uh, she, like, spins her fingers and the base of a staircase begins to build across a chasm. Mm-hmm. With, uh, like, Art Nouveau artistry in the architecture. Yes. And... Very she, elaborate staircase. And then she starts running up the staircase while making it. And it's, it's this beautiful artistic creation. She's just improvising yeah. without any thought. I'm like, whoa, her powers are really decorative. And then there's the scene that has blown my mind since the first time I saw this movie. She just stomps on the ground and the castle erects out of nothing. I'm like, oh, shit. She, she can also weave fabric out of snow. Yeah. Because she makes herself a new outfit. And shoes. I'm like, did she design all the rooms in the castle or does... Is the castle just happening? Did she just say, make castle? Well, it seems like a fairly simple construction. There's like uh, an antechamber and like kind of a throne room and an entrance hall that's kind of a big like staircase thing. But we don't see a whole lot else of it. Yeah, there's a nice chandelier. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not questioning the power of Elsa. Please do not freeze the blood in my veins. Yeah. Just, she doesn't do, like, a super elaborate castle. I'm assuming with, like, ten minutes, she could make icy Manhattan. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And the cold never really bothered her. So she likes living in, in ice. Yeah, That's true. ice bed. Yeah. Yes. Does she have a bed? Does she sleep? Ice consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Olaf and also the Snowbomination. Its name is Marshmallow. Right. Thank you. Yeah. I like Snowbomination, but... It was a good one. That one's made of ice and snow mixed together. Yeah, he comes from the land of the ice and snow. That's true. (laughs) And uh, he's kind of a lunkhead, but... That's pretty mean, Chelsea. (laughs) He represents the... uh, He represents the part of Elsa that uh, lashes out in response to confrontations toward her trauma. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think we should be talking a little bit about the experiences in Elsa's backstory that lead up to her using her powers to literally isolate herself in a palace made of ice. Isolate. Yes. (laughs) Like we mentioned in the backstory, when Elsa shoots her sister in the head, (laughs) the trolls are like, hey, don't do that. And uh, they say, now, Elsa, here was what you got to do. You got to not be afraid. 
Because if you're afraid, you're going to kill everybody. Yeah, you shouldn't be afraid of your unbelievable power that could murder everyone you love. And they so do, don't be afraid of that. And they do that while flashing scary red lights and images of her killing everyone she loves in front of her eyes. Yeah. So, you know, a good way to not scare a child. Right, right. Yeah, she's totally cool with it. So her best friend is her sister. She hurts her sister innocently. And then is never given the chance to apologize. That's right. And then is uh, oppressed her identity because they remove the memories of her magic, something that makes her unique. Right. And something that they used to have a lot of fun in the relationship. It's erasing a major part of who she is. That's right. And knowing who, who she is would hurt her sister. And so the last experience she has with her powers is hurting the person she loves most, and then she's locked away. Yeah, basically under house arrest. So all I'm saying is I'm not sure that these trolls should be distributing advice about how to care for children, no maybe um, psychological therapy. You know, trolls might not be equipped for this. Maybe things are different in troll culture. I don't know. Apparently they're experts on love, but they're ter- they give terrible advice for humans. Yeah, I mean, again, maybe culturally trolls have a different deal going on, right? Maybe, they, maybe they're maybe uh, they somehow inclined to bond through isolation. I don't know how that would work. You know, they do spend a lot of their time sleeping as rocks. True. Jesus, the trolls. But so Elsa kind of becomes afraid of herself and her own power. And her parents encourage her to suppress her abilities and not to feel anything so that she can conceal who she really is from the world. Right. She is told that who she is is bad and wrong and dirty and should not be exposed to others. Right. And basically the part about her that makes her vibrant and unique is suppressed so that she can try to conform to other people's expectations of who she should be. That's right. So she was set up for a mental breakdown. Pretty much, yeah. It had to happen eventually. It's kind of inevitable, I think, that if you take your child and you tell them that they're bad and that they should hide who they are from the world, that you're going to have a bad result from that. Now, I'm not a parent, but at the same time, I think I can speak with confidence when I say... You should let your kids be who they are and who they want to be, as long as that's not hurting anybody. Right. And it seems like if you try to make them suppress it, there's going to be a backlash later on in one way or another. Yeah, there was a line I liked that they replayed at least once in the movie where they're at the party and Anna's like, hey, I'm going to fuck this guy, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. I'm pretty sure that's the exact line. Yeah, <laughs> and Elsa's like, "What? Don't do that. Don't don't marry him. You just met him, right?" And they have that whole fight. Anna basically starts lashing out at Elsa, being like, "Please don't restrict me. I'm finally getting to live my life. I can't live like this anymore." Basically saying, "Please don't keep me trapped in the castle like she's been her whole life." Right. And uh, Elsa says, uh, just leave. Yeah. 
right, you can leave. I can't leave. Not, not only has Elsa been basically imprisoned in her room for years, but now she's supposed to be queen, and that's probably going to come with, you know, in this world, it seems like a lot of responsibilities. Not like in the real world. Yeah. Where being royalty basically means you can just fuck off all you want. Yeah. So it seemed to me like this could be a pretty fitting allegory for anybody who's different, doesn't fit the norm, and is told to suppress that or feels like they have to suppress that to fit in or like they're afraid they're not going to be accepted for who they are in the real world. (laughs) And then when Elsa is in her ice palace, she feels like she can truly express who she is and be comfortable with herself. Right. Once she lets it go, she finally feels comfortable and happy. Now, it's a little tragic because she feels like that in isolation. But that is because the only world she has known up to this point is one that says who you are is bad and dangerous. Right. So for her, it only makes sense that being alone with, I guess, the beings that she can create with her magic is going to be the most comfortable state if the world around her can't accept her. True. That's right. And when Elsa has had her outburst and she's isolated up on the mountain in her castle, Anna finally gets there. Elsa's happy to see her. She is, yeah. She's actually super excited. Yeah. She's like, oh, Anna, you're here. This is sick, right? Because... Her secret has been exposed, and she's gone through the mental process of, like, oh, Jesus, letting it go, right? (laughs) And, like, embracing who she is. Kind of letting go of her fears, basically. Yeah. So when Anna shows up, she's not self-conscious now. The worst has kind of happened, and Anna still sought her out. Right. Despite that. So she's like, whoa, you came and found me. That's awesome, right? Until the moment uh, she remembers why she was distancing herself from Anna in the first place is because, hey, it's all good and stuff that you accept yourself, but you still can't control your power. And at any moment, you could kill your sister. <laughs> and uh, That's where the uh, allegory breaks down a bit. But Well, here's the thing, though. Elsa can't control her magic because the troll said, basically, don't use it. But we know that Elsa is capable of controlling her magic. If she had been allowed to experiment with her magic earlier on in a safe environment, she wouldn't be having this problem. Yeah. The trolls created a situation that led to Elsa's isolation because they're giving misinformation. And that all rhymed and that was completely unintended. (laughs) But it's true. If Elsa had been allowed to train with magic, she would have been made more comfortable with it earlier on and not thought that it was something to be ashamed of or to have to control. Right. Yeah, well... she would have learned to control it. Right. We also don't know what kind of magic we're facing here. Ice magic. Well, the trolls don't. Because they're like, uh, was she cursed or was she born with it? They didn't get any explanation of why she was born with it or anything like that. They're like, oh, I don't know. It could be anything. Don't use it. Fuck that, you know? It I makes sense. I think they realized that it was strong and that she should be careful in how she used it. I mean, I just think that the message of the movie not to take advice from trolls is probably a positive one. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, when Anna is up there at the castle, 
she's she starts telling Elsa that she should come back. Right. Yeah. And Elsa's like, no, I'm finally myself up here. Sorry, kiddo. No luck. Right? And Anna's like, oh, but, you know, we we really still need you. And Elsa's like, no, you guys will be fine without me. I'm just up here. And Anna says, no, you ruined the world. <laughs> uh, You're kind of killing our people with this never-ending cold front. You gotta fix it. And that's what sends Elsa into a panic attack. Yeah. She starts... Uh, you know, going through the voices that have always told her yes. you can't control this, right? And that you're dangerous. And right, she and starts. That you're a monster. Yeah, she starts saying it to herself. And Anna is singing the song that she sang earlier in the film when they finally opened the doors and she was let free herself. Yeah. That for the first time in forever. And she's singing that to Elsa now because when the doors opened, she got her freedom. Right. And she's trying to say to Elsa, like, you're free now. You can come back. But that moment was horrible for Elsa because when they opened the door, she was forced to confront everything that she was scared of. And so uh, Anna is singing this comforting song, which is actually making Elsa's panic attack worse. Yeah. yeah. Then that's when Elsa pops off and shoots Anna in the heart. <laughs> It is a good representation of how, much like in reality, the strategies that work for one person's difficulties might not work for everybody. Right. Yeah. For Anna, openness is freedom. For Elsa, it's terror. Yeah. And uh, it's at this point when she's lashed out at Anna and she's seeing what she's done she doubles down on the idea of, I need to get you away from me. I did it again. <laughs> so she drops the pretense. Well, she drops trying to be gentle in the situation and she makes Marshmallow, the yeah. giant scary snowman that is, that just throws them out and is a much scarier face for don't come around me. I'm dangerous. <laughs> yes. And he is dangerous, and you don't want to be around him. It's the literal barrier she's putting up around herself. Yeah, exactly. It's her fear and her anger and stuff like so that. So her castle represents those walls as well that somebody might put up around themselves when they've been traumatized and hurt. Yeah. And they're hard to reach, emotionally speaking. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when you're hurt, you send a giant ice monster to uh, hurt people too. Yeah. Sad. Very relatable. And of course, the repression of your true unique self and your feelings is, as always, in all media, a trans allegory. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, do you want to talk a little bit about that? No. It speaks for itself. There it is. Well, you know, I really felt that when she made that ice dress for herself, actually. Oh, yeah. It's a symbol, right? Yeah. So it just helps reflect how she feels inside to others or makes her feel comfortable in her own skin because... Right. The clothes she was given were not the ones that she feels really represent who she is. Yeah. The look that she was supposed to have was not really the clothes fitting we, for her. That could seem superficial, but the clothes we wear project an image to others. She also literally and metaphorically lets her hair down for the first time yeah. inside her ice palace. It is 
fabulous. It really is. I, her hair is amazing. And I, her dress is sparkly. I didn't even realize, like, until the moment when she's, like, undoing the braid and letting her hair out. I was like, oh, cool. Like, she's got this really cool flowing mane. Yeah. Yeah. So, focusing on the physical appearance can help somebody really feel like they are who they're meant to be because they get a choice in how they look and uh, their outside can reflect how they feel inside. Absolutely. I think that there is often this idea that physical, you know, regalia or expression like hair or clothes is kind of superficial or doesn't really mean very much. But to people who are not allowed to express themselves or who just have a natural inclination towards expressing themselves in a way that sets them apart from others. It just feels right when you're wearing it or doing a certain thing, right? When I was in my early 20s, I had dyed my hair like kind of bright red. And a woman at my work was like, oh, like, why do you do this just for attention? I was like, I don't do it for attention. I just, I like how I feel when I have my hair dyed. This is back yeah. when I had hair. <laughs> like I, I never thought of it in terms of like, oh boy, I just want to draw attention to myself. If anything, you know, at that point, I kind of like might have wanted to like shy away from attention. I was working retail. I didn't want anyone to notice me. <laughs> 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 no, but I mean, it just like, it's it wasn't a, a thing that I did to be different. It was a thing that I did because I thought it looked cool and I wanted to do it and I felt better expressing myself that way. Exactly. So I think that there's a lot of missed opportunities in our culture to see how self-expression can be a form of therapy and how it's very important that we let people express that who they feel like they are without being told that they're bad or wrong or just seeking attention because that's, I would say it's got to be the rare case that somebody wants to do something like expressing themselves with their physical appearance just to, quote, get attention. There's another reason that people are doing it. It's important that we feel this autonomy when we're kind of working out how to express ourselves and our identity. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a component of mental health. Yeah. It can be hard to express how you feel to others and it's not always clear like how to express to the world how you feel inside whether it's through behavior or your feelings about your gender and like how you want to express that it's not always clear <laughs> right especially if you're gender fluid or gender neutral there there aren't like clear models like when you're young you know you look to other people in your surroundings or in media to help model behaviors for you. And, you know, if there isn't a representation of different types of just identity expressions out yeah. there, then it can be really difficult to know how to do that for yourself. You kind of have to make it up as you go along. And to some extent, that's fine, but then it also can make it really uncomfortable. Uh, for the person going through it, especially Absolutely. when everything is still so binary. Yes. Uh, it's, it's really strange to me that we live in a culture, and I'm talking about, you know, the United States here and a lot of Western and, I, you know, 
broadly a lot of cultures in the world. Like we're Americans, but you know, I think this applies to many places. We have a major emphasis here on individuality, right? Mm-hmm. And still we frame that through like a gender binary, right? Like you're an individual. So you need to look like every other insert male bodied or female bodied person in the world or otherwise it's not acceptable or like within a very narrow band, even though gender norms change all the time. High heels were a male fashion accessory in France to keep your uh, hems of your pants and whatever from getting into the mud when stepping out of a carriage Long and short hair have different meanings in different cultures. Like, there's no single accepted vision of masculinity, femininity, or whatever else in any place. But we like to act like there is. And when people transgress that, they are often mistreated for expressing their individuality, which is what is expected of people in a lot of Western places. So, what I'm saying is, don't be a dick and hold everybody else to your standards of what is or is not suitable for people of different genetic types. That's right. Feel free to explore the ways that you want to express your gender. Break free of the binary expression. Become a gender pioneer. That's right. It sounds like fun, actually. There are endless numbers of genders out there yet to be explored. You could be every one of them. I said numbers, but I meant types, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He became pan-gender. He delved too deep and too far into the gender of infinite. (laughs) (laughs) Well, God bless him, then. Yes. Just remember that dude is a non-gendered term. Right, right. It can mean almost anything, actually. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'll die on that hill. (laughs) You can use it for an inanimate object. Sure. (laughs) Um, so before we move on, I think we should talk about love. I think that's a wonderful idea. I love that idea. (laughs) I ice that idea. (laughs) (laughs) So like we said before, it's a Disney movie. So of course, true love and true love's kiss carry a kind of latent magical energy about them. Absolutely. And it's interesting that love ends the endless winter. I love it. That's right. It kind of gets unlocked for Elsa after she realizes that when she kisses her sister on the cheek, it was true love's kiss and it healed her. And somebody says, your love for her healed your sister's Frozen heart and also body. Her curse. Yeah. And, And that's when Elsa's like, right, love, of course. And she like draws upon all of the love inside of her. And expresses that, and that helps her control the ice. (laughs) Wow, she must have sung a really good song about learning to love the world after all that fear and isolation. I guess she didn't love her parents, though, because she never learned how to control her (laughs) magic before. You know, uh, (laughs) by this point in the movie, we were just out of time. No time for another song. No, yeah, you're right. That's true, yeah. Because the everything is good when you embrace love and get rid of your fear. That's not a that's not a lesson worth putting in a song. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I gotta say, guys, I really like that this movie changes what we expect the definition of true love to mean. Right. Right? This yeah. is Elsa and Anna do love each other. Like they've 
then separated. But I think even with Anna's like wiped memory, she really wanted to be close with Elsa. It hurt her so bad for the years that she wasn't allowed to like play with her sister. And it, and it clearly hurt both of them while they both still loved each other so deeply. I mean, think about Anna's song, Love is an Open Door. That was a symbol to her because Elsa's door was always closed to her right. after she mm-hmm. got injured. And so love is an open door means somebody's open and accepting to you and wants to interact with you, wants to be around you. And Anna knows that Elsa's not hurting her on purpose. Even when she gets blasted in the heart, she still isn't mad. She still wants Elsa to come with her. It's true. That's true love. Forgiveness. That's right. Acceptance. Yeah. Yes, acceptance and forgiveness. It's true. Love. Now, there is one thing about that icy blast curse that happens. That's my favorite Slurpee flavor. Icy blast curse. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds pretty good. Why is it chunky? That's the curse. That's the curse. When Anna is a little is a little child, she's blasted in the head. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they dis- the trolls cure it by wiping her memory of magic. But it leaves her a little goofy. Yeah, a little sing songy. You're saying <laughs> she's a little quirky after that. It just turns her into a musical theater kid. It's okay. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> We'll fuck her up. <laughs> what? Yeah. We'll teach your children terrible life lessons that will haunt them to the end of their days. That's right. When Elsa hits Anna in the mind, the trolls, they wipe her memory of magic and leaves it a little quirky. Yeah. But I don't understand why they have to hide magic from Anna. Because... Uh, would it, for example, start her freezing process up again? That's what I was made to understand. But when they're adults and Anna sees the magic again, there's no consequences to it. Yeah, not until she gets hit with another ice blast in the heart. Those trolls have no fucking clue what they're talking about, dude. I think it's gotta be they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Listen, they just don't understand human culture. Look, I've got some answers from- Fuck those guys! (laughs) Dude, they're the real villains of this movie. I mean, they raised Kristoff, who we barely even talked about. I rest my case. (laughs) Aw, he's not so bad. He likes ice. What about his relationship with his reindeer? It's unnatural. It is is adorable. (laughs) It is good. I ship Kristoff and Sven. Will you die on that hill? (laughs) Hell yes. (laughs) I'll die on that ice. (laughs) Alright, also the trolls. Another reason that they're the villain (laughs) in this segment of evil, stupid, or misunderstood. (laughs) Pure evil. It's there's a scene where Kristoff brings Anna to the trolls and is like, this bitch broken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, that is exactly the line. And they're like, so you're going to marry her? And he's like, what? And then they start building a shotgun wedding and kidnapping (laughs) them and tying them up and shit, putting them in ceremonial garb. This was one of the cringiest parts of the movie. 
Yes. It 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 would it's I'm scared to watch this scene every time I see this film. It's uh what is it? I don't even know the word. I don't even know the name of the song. I don't want to. How many times have you seen this movie and that part is always wiped out of your memory? It's got to be like, I've seen this like 15 times. It's got to be. And you cannot remember the song that the troll sang. I think that that means it is a memory wipe spell on you. I'll tell you what. It does have a funny line where it's, um, where Kristoff says she's engaged to somebody else and they have a little huddle. And they're like, all right, so she's a bit of a fixer-upper, right? Ooh, oh, that's it. That is cringy. And they're, yeah. ju- and they're just like, this This quote, engagement, sounds like a flex arrangement, and I don't see no ring, right? Uh-huh. It's like, oh, you, you scamps. <laughs> <laughs> they are evil. They're, oh, they're yeah. evil, and then they say, get the fiancé out of the way, right? And yeah. it'll all be okay. How's that for a rhyme? The- the only way that that song works is when we find out that Hans is evil. Right. So, like, it is it is this typical thing that movies do that's like, oh, well, the person that we are basically telling you to cheat on is going to be bad at the end of the movie, so it's okay that we're telling you to cheat. Now, there's a fan theory that the trolls... Now, when have... you say fan, do you mean this is a Jack theory? No. Okay. <laughs> There's a fan theory that since the trolls have magic, they cast a spell on Hans, which is why he did a complete 180 personality-wise. You know what? I am open to the evidence. (laughs) Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. If he... Let me just interject real quick here, Jack. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want you to lose your train of thought, but... And we're talking about Hans here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he really wanted to get in and solidify his place, he would have done everything he could to make sure Anna was okay so that they could get married in front of witnesses Yep. before yeah. anything happened to her to solidify his place as the next king, as, but it, as the next in line to rule should anything happen to Anna or Elsa. But it just doesn't make sense. Like I was saying earlier, the turn is so... Obvious, but untelegraphed through the actual content of the movie. He's just being, like, the best boy the entire time, actually going above and beyond what he would need to do as somebody in the ruling class and actually going out amongst the people and helping to, like, be a social worker. He cares about the peasants! This guy should be in charge! And, listen, before the trolls say the line about getting him out of the way... He saves Elsa's life. That's right. Up in the ice castle, the henchmen of Weaseltown are about to kill Elsa in combat. Right. And it it's Prince Hans that literally saves her life. That's right. In that scene. He stops one of them from shooting her. I mean, I guess that could be, like, because he doesn't want his meal ticket to go away to be like killed in the snow or whatever but he keeps stressing to everyone not to harm anna either if they find her up there elsa yeah 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 both both. yeah it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense well it's because look look he he wants to marry anna and he wants to like he saves elsa and then after that song he's like Fuck Anna, <laughs> right? It's like when Robin said fuck Batman in that one Teen Titans trailer. <laughs> also, when he 
met her in the town square. They had chemistry, and it was clear they liked each other before he even knew who she was. That's true. He didn't hear her identity, and he was still, like, flirting with her. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. The, the twist, I think, is, is ill-conceived. But they didn't earn it, that's for sure. Yeah. You know what? Love is an open door. It's cute as hell. <laughs> it's a good song. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm not so sure about that line, and I'm not so sure about the trolls. And I'll tell you what, knowing things I know about the second movie, the trolls easily could have just been wrong about everything. Yeah, they fucked everything up. Yeah. It's their fault. This is some McCarthy-era fear-mongering shit from the trolls. Yeah, seriously. It's a real witch hunt, is what you're saying. You can't listen to the trolls. Speaking of witches, this movie made us think of The Witcher several times. It did. I thought that this setup would make an excellent plot in a Witcher book slash the game slash the show. That's right. Because Elsa kind of is situated as a tremendously compelling villain. Yeah, creative listeners True. out there, make it happen. <laughs> Please do. Because she's kind of, like, she's called a monster by people. She is, and there's even a line that Han says to Elsa, further supporting, I think, this idea that the twist with Han doesn't make any sense. He says, don't be the monster they fear you are, to Elsa. like saying. You don't have to use your power in a destructive way. And it's kind of like asking the question, who's the real monster here? You man. Know? Man is the real monster. See, Hans is giving her advice. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't go towards any kind of plot to like further take his over own agenda, yeah. Unless it's just to like plant the seed in everybody's mind that she is a monster. It's very contrived. But yeah, so this would make a really good plot, right? We've got a princess. With magic. With magic. That people fear and think of as a monster. Who creates monsters to protect herself. Who does something that could be very devastating to the people around her, but is also unintentional. And she wants to do good. She can be reasoned with. So Geralt could talk her down. (laughs) And help her. Because he likes to help, uh, you know, people. Yeah. Stregobor would like to know her location. Oh, God. Good point. You know why? Because he doesn't actually have real hands, we found out, and he can't masturbate, so he's really frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, if you want to learn more, go listen to our episode on The Witcher. (laughs) And you know what, guys? Kristoff was there all along, too. (laughs) But at this point, I think we can probably head to the smithy. Welcome to the Smithy, where we each forge a rating for this movie after we each share an epic moment or feature from the film. Jack, do you want to tell us your epic moment or feature and then give us a rating from 1 to 10 Ice Blasts? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you a real epic moment. Now, it it might surprise you because it's so sort of run-of-the-mill when it comes to epic moments. 
But it's uh it's let it go. Oh, oh wow. The song is a banger. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not I, wrong. Uh, for the listener's perspective, I worked at Toys R Us in the electronics section for a while. And there was a radio that played that song. Oh my oh god. When you'd press a button. So Jackass Stockholm Syndrome. Kids would press the button over and over. So I've had to hear the song hundreds of times. Now Stockholm Syndrome is an appropriate condition to have for a movie set in Scandinavia. Yes. That's right. But uh I you know, I, I really feel for Elsa's character. They make her a very like tormented character that you want to care for i think it works on me anyway yeah and to see her finally feeling like freedom for the first time and enjoying herself it really worked for me and just seeing her cut loose was pretty sick yeah she looks awesome her magic is really cool cold it's cold you know (laughs) she has crazy strong powers yeah you can tell and when she starts using them like without holding back in the scene it's cool to just see her popping off. So, I, uh, that scene was really hype. In conclusion, as I have said, I've probably seen this movie like 15 times. Yeah. I saw it five times in theaters. Wow. I, I saw the sing-along version with lyrics. We sang along. Oh, wow. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. That Th- sounds like it would be fun. Yeah. I went a long time without seeing this movie and got to a point where I was like, well, not a lot actually happens in it, so I don't r- think it's very good. However, rewatching it, the plot is pretty darn simple, but there's a lot of good character interaction, I thought, and the themes were pretty, like, it's trauma and bonding and stuff like that, and yeah. sort of coming of age, and I, I liked all those themes. So, uh... I think it holds up. There are definitely some cringy parts, but it's still enjoyable. I still think I like the second one more. We'll get to that. But, uh. At some point, we'll watch that. But, uh, with all that in consideration, I'm probably going to give this an 8 out of 10 Icy Blasts. Wow. Nice. Yes. That's a pretty good rating. Yeah. Especially also, since you've seen it so many times. Yeah. I like it. It's good. It's a trans allegory. I won't elaborate. Eight out of ten. Perfect. How about you, Chelsea? What's your epic moment or feature? And then your rating from one to ten ice blasts. My epic feature is going to be a cursed thing. Oh, no. And that's Olaf. Oh, boy. I'm happy you're doing this. Even though he doesn't make sense, and he's cringe at times, (laughs) he's actually less cringe than a lot of zany sidekicks are in all the other Disney movies I've ever seen. You know, that is a fair point. And he actually has some of the funniest lines in the movie, which have to do with how cursed he is. And yes, oh my god, the body horror of it all. I, and he's aware of how cursed he is. <laughs> he is. Like, half his dialogue is about that. Yeah. Like, there's one scene where he gets impaled on a stick of ice. And it just pauses there for a few seconds too long. And then he looks down at the ice pit coming out of his torso. And he's just like, I've been impaled. 
And then it lingers on his dead eyes for way too long. <laughs> I was just like laughing because I was like, what the hell is going on here? When you stare too long into the void, the void stares back. I know. I guess so. That was like one of the scenes that st- stands out in my mind about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> People really sexualized that line back in the day. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Filthy Frank wrote a song, I think, about wanting to fuck Olaf. (laughs) Do you want to fuck a snowman? Oh, that would have been a really smart one. That was a good one. But yeah, I I like Olaf, too. He's neat. All right, so... The pacing was pretty slow in some parts of this movie, and the plot itself was pretty simple. So... Yeah, but there's a, there are some funny lines that kind of pull you through and like the messages are are really good of like learning to accept yourself and find the community that can accept you and make you feel good about who you are. Yeah, I think it's valuable lessons. So, I think I'm also going to give it 8 out of 10 ice blasts. Yeah. Blast <laughs> blast. Yeah. But what about you, Jamie? What's your epic moment or feature and your rating out of 1 to 10 Ice Blasts? Yeah, tell us, Jamie. Well, I'm glad you asked. My epic feature has got to be Oaken, the merchant. So Oaken is the uh, merchant who runs a general goods store slash spa with his family up in the mountains, kind of removed from everything. It seems like he probably gets most of his business from the ice carvers and sellers in the region yeah so like um Kristoff, uh shops with him and buys like supplies for sven like carrots for his reindeer and ice picks and stuff and anna goes and buys snow boots and a winter dress and you know oaken this guy is just a hard-working family man who's doing what he can to support his family He's got a nice sauna up there that seems really nice. His family's just like a really nice looking group of people who are having fun in the sauna. He's offering Anna a chance to like just hang out and chill and and relax there. Seems really great. And then when Kristoff tries to give him a bum deal, you know, he he kind of has to use a little bit of forceful persuasion. But, you know, I mean, you got to protect your investment, right? Yeah, I guess but so. I respect Oaken because he's a hardworking, working class character in a film that's mostly nobility and royalty and all this. No, no, no. I want to know more about the day-to-day business at his trading post. Right. He's the real salt of the earth character. And I think the most relatable, probably, member of the cast. Oh. And, you know, I know how hard working retail is, so I really respect how he maintains a chipper attitude. That's fair. It's hard to do, especially when somebody's being really antagonistic towards you like Kristoff was. Yeah, and, you know, he's firm but fair. So that's my epic feature. As far as the rating goes, I think I'm going to give this film 7 out of 10 ice blasts. It really was very enjoyable. I agree with all of your guys' points about, you know, really good themes and messages. I think that for a kid's movie, this one does a pretty good job of having messages that I'm fairly comfortable with. Yeah. As far as 
Nothing too egregious that stood out to me on my first watch. Um, I think the characters are likable. I think the overall message that we should love and accept ourselves is a really good one. Um, I really actually wish that the movie focused more on Elsa. I gotta say, I found her story to be the most compelling of the main characters. And I was really wanting to know more about kind of her inner thoughts and to have probably spent more time seeing her and Anna repairing their relationship rather than just having this moment where everything is magically fixed. And then the postscript is, and the sisters are going to get along now. It's like, I wanted to see more of an opportunity for them to adventure together. I actually thought that's what this movie was about. So I was yeah. kind of surprised that it was more about Elsa isolating. And I thought that was interesting, but I wanted to see their relationship form over time rather than just kind of be implied at the end it was more they spent more time apart than they did together in terms of screen time yeah i mean way more time right so. yeah i hated that i wanted them to get along exactly yeah. and they have a compelling relationship so I, I wanted to explore that more they want to get along but you know it, not a bad movie by any stretch i can I don't know if I understand precisely why it's like one of the most successful animated movies of all time versus other ones, but you know, it was fun and enjoyable and my niece likes it. So there's gotta be something good about it. Right. Yeah. It's because of this song that talks about ice at the beginning of the movie. Good point. That was my favorite song too. Oh yeah. 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 Of course the working class song. I think it's called something like thaw the frozen heart or something. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So seven out of ten ice blasts, that's my final offer. All right. Well, there that's, it is. That's, there you go. That's fair. And I have a kitty. Yeah, and she's very cute. But that'll pretty much do it for us here on another movie episode of Swords and Satire. As always, if you enjoy the show, why don't you give us a follow on social media, at Swords and Satire, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can keep up with the show, see what movies and television programs we're watching. Which we communicate via memes. That's right. And it's a great way to get in touch with us. And if you love the show and you have the means to support it, you can go to patreon.com slash swords and satire and join one of our patron tiers. You'd help us keep the torches lit here at Castle Satire and you would gain access to tons of cool extra episodes and the ability to vote once a month on a movie we're going to watch. That's right. But if you don't have a few extra coins to toss the way of your favorite podcasters... And the best fantasy movie podcast out there... That's right. <laughs> Another way you can support us is by sharing the show with people you care about. Friends, family, they'll all benefit from a little laugh. Your true love? Whoa! Don't be covetous. Share your fun. Share your hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> if you tell a friend and they tell a friend, well, then we're all friends, aren't we? Oh, that's boy. Right. That's how that works, for yes. sure. My dad always told me, make nothing but friends. Yes. Then your enemies are your friends, too. Frenemies. Yes. Your reticence will only damage you in this regard. Share the show. Then you can watch the things that we watch with the people you like 
and then listen to our episodes together and laugh. So, Chelsea, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going to be covering another episode of The Witcher. Incredible. Episode four, I believe. Redanian Intelligence. Ooh, that's an exciting one. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be good. Episode four of The Witcher. Apparently, Siri is a girl, not clickbait. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, until next time, Hail Hail Crom. Crom!